Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report Football Friday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Three o'clock, three o'clock tomorrow. Guys, it's going to be hot. This is the last. If you look at the weather and believe the weather apps, this weekend is like summer's final screw you to all of us. It's going to be hot tomorrow. Stay hydrated while you're hydrating in the Grove if you catch my drift. It's a very cheesy joke. That's okay. We're enjoying ourselves. At least I think we are. So stay hydrated. Uh, Bring a fan or something to try to stick around. Luckily, the sun's going down a little bit earlier this time of year uh, than it would be otherwise. Maybe you'll get a nice cool down uh, into the second half, but it's going to be a scorcher tomorrow. I think the high is 93 or 92 in Oxford tomorrow with a lot of sun. So while you're pre-gaming, while you're getting ready for the game, mix in some water, try to stay hydrated, keep cool, because this feels like it's the last one of the year that it's going to be hot like this. And enjoy yourself. Try to anyway, but stay hydrated. I know uh, your coach multiple times now has talked about crowds, and he's got his dog's Twitter account also talking about the crowd and staying and all that. If you're going to rise to that challenge, you, you got to hydrate or something because it is it's going to be a hot one. It's going to be a hot one. So anyway, again, my name is Michael Borky. Please follow me on Twitter if you haven't already, at Michael Borky, also Facebook and YouTube under the same name. Follow, like, and subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get them. Just search Rebel Report and hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. Uh, Real quick, before we get started on anything else, Ole Miss basketball, I know that's not like the, the forefront of your mind right now, and I kind of feel, I kind of feel bad yesterday because we talked a, a, about this basketball story on the radio show, and I kind of roasted the uh, the preseason schedule instead of actually talking about the, this commitment. Uh, Ole Miss is pre, not preseason. The non conference schedule for Ole Miss basketball is horrid. It is absolutely awful. And so if they want you to get excited about basketball in November and December, they scheduled a very bad job. I know it's harder than just saying it. I'm sure that it's more difficult than just saying it like I have. But, man, the schedule stinks. That's not the point of this conversation, though. The point of this conversation is Ole Miss got the commitment from the number one player in the state of Mississippi yesterday, Josh Hubbard, a a point guard committed to Ole Miss. He's the number one player in the state of Mississippi, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. He's the number 14 point guard in basketball, and he's the number 93 overall player in the country. It's a great pickup. Ole Miss has historically struggled to get the better players in the state. Most of them, uh, guys like this, the number one player in the state is going elsewhere. Uh, But this is a big-time pickup for Ole Miss. And I think it's an important thing beyond just signing a good basketball player. This is like the third four-star they've signed recently or, or gotten committed recently. Kermit Davis in, in recruiting in basketball has picked up. Now, I know there's a lot of talk about hot seat and stuff like that, and, and those are all valid for sure. 
But this is another example. I don't know about this individual case. For all I know, Josh Hubbard is engaged, not at all, in conversation around NIL. Not even talking about it, for all I know. I have no idea. This is more of a big-picture statement here. I have heard some Ole Miss fans say that basketball NIL is a waste of time. Why is the Grove Collective doing basketball players? They should focus on just football and baseball. Is something that I've heard a lot. And again, I don't know about this individual case, but basketball recruiting has clearly picked up for Ole Miss. I think the entire team, all of the scholarship players anyway, the impact players, all have some sort of NIL deal or collective deal. This kind of player that Ole Miss has recruited lately, I believe are the fruits of that labor. No, Ole Miss is not a traditional power uh, power at all. They have virtually no basketball history. Very few professional players, very few NCAA tournament appearances in the history of Ole Miss basketball. It's a tough job. However, you still can sign quality players even at Ole Miss, which is a difficult job compared to most of the rest of the SEC. Recruiting has picked up. The collective, whoever is involved in NIL and basketball, is not wasting their time. You're seeing that it can be done. Even despite having three underwhelming seasons in a row, Ole Miss basketball recruiting has picked up. You can sign quality players at Ole Miss. This is a big pickup for Kermit Davis. It's a big pickup for the program. It is showing a lot of the doubters out there that you can sign quality players in basketball. The collective being involved in basketball will bear fruit. And this is going on right now. It's the second biggest moneymaker on your campus. That's undeniable. It is very, very important. You need to try to win in basketball as hard as you can. And it looks like the people that are involved are trying as hard as they can. And Ole Miss has another four-star commitment. Kermit Davis deserves a lot of credit. Uh, has had a relationship, as I understand it, with Hubbard for quite some time. He's he's worked this really, really hard. Re- recruiting in basketball is going really well when you compare, especially when you compare it to the results. So if you're one of those people that thinks it's a quote-unquote waste of time, I think you are wrong. And I think you're seeing clear as day why you are wrong. So good pickup for Ole Miss. Really good pickup. Very uh, critical season for Kermit Davis this year. We'll talk about that more in January because the non-conference late again is is quite terrible. But that's uh, that's all right. More time to focus on football, I suppose. The podcast is brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University in Oxford. LBs is the best place to get your meat. If you're going to be cooking with meat this weekend, that's the place you got to go to get it. When you go uh, tell Greg or any of the good people there that I sent you, they will hook you up. They've also got daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. So if you don't feel like doing the cooking, they'll do it for you. But again, just across from Kroger on University in Oxford, LBs, tell them that I sent you. The podcast is also brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website if you're in the market for office technology and you are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi absms.com advantage business systems has you covered so anything from copiers and printers to cloud storage data security phone systems it technology 
in the office if you need it, absms.com. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. So here's what I'm going to do for you. I, I did uh, ha- had the, the live stream last night. Uh, really good conversation. Uh, I cut like the beginning, just kind of, you know, the the minutia out of the beginning and uh, talked a lot about uh, Ole Miss and what I'm looking for tomorrow. There's also uniform discussion in there. Uh, also Mississippi State, for what it's worth, you're going to hear some some thoughts on them and how they're handling the wide receiver position in a way that doesn't make any sense at all to me. Uh, so a really good conversation, at least I thought last night. So instead of just repeating what I said last night, I figured I'd just play it for you. It's kind of a long listen, so a little bit abnormal for what you usually hear from me on this feed, but I think it's really good, um, probably because you know it's, it's something that I did. So if I, if I was telling you that it was bad, that'd be a bad sign for me. But no, I, I enjoyed this, uh, this Q&A last night with, uh, with some of you. I know you got uh, double up listeners, but um, enjoyed the Q&A with some of you uh, uh, last night, and, uh, and here that is now. So talking what I'm watching for this weekend for Ole Miss, uh, Michael Trigg and his usage, stuff like that. Really good conversation, and here that is for you now, and that will uh, end the show. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, here is that now, your your weekend preview, and uh, I'll see you again tomorrow after the game. Tell me what you guys think about this. I'm thinking, of, uh, thinking about trying something around the Egg Bowl. So that's Thanksgiving, obviously, which is a weird day, and it's a hard day. And I may try it beforehand. And just to uh, just to test it out and see how it works or, or how it goes, um, being live while the game is going on—that's something I want to try. Uh, the the reason why I don't or I'm concerned about that is one: my feed would very likely be way behind your game, whatever game we decide to do. My feed is very likely to be way behind, right? So I'm reacting to plays three, four plays after the one that you're seeing because it has to go, you know, goes through your TV, right? And it goes through mine, but then I have to stream my reaction through YouTube, which there's just seconds of delay. That's been my one hangout. But number two, I don't know if it would be actually entertaining or not. Like, can I keep your attention for hours by myself? It'd be different if I had like a group with me, you know? I mean, again, one of these days, when I have my own sh- when I have my own radio show and I'm not working with two other guys, but when I'm the guy and there are guys that are working for me, um, instead of like how how we're set up, we're we're in different places and we're all kind of the same. That would be different, right? Because we'd be, all be in the same place and and there'd be people for me to riff with for for hours as well. My concern is I would bore you to death if I was reacting to a game that was happening. By myself, essentially, you guys would be there and we'd have chat and comments and stuff, but it's not the same as having somebody here. So I've been reluctant to to dive into something like that. I might give that a shot down the road. Uh, maybe the Kentucky game. Maybe that's the, the, the day I try it, the Kentucky game for Ole Miss. I don't know. I, I haven't decided how I want to do that yet, but tell me what you think might do that for at least the second half of the egg bowl or, or maybe maybe the whole game but 
we'll see what uh, what you think. So I've been kicking that around in my head for the last couple of hours. It got suggested to us on the radio show today, and for obvious reasons, we can't do it. We'll be in different places. But we stay here, obviously, because I have to be here. Uh, that Friday is the most important show we do of the year. It's the reason why our show exists is the Egg Bowl, and so the day after the Egg Bowl is the most important show that we do. So I'm we, my wife's son and I, are staying here. Um, and we do all the family stuff early so I can have an undistracted game. So I'll be here with nothing to do, but I don't know if you guys will. We'll see. Something to uh, to kick around anyway. EG1 says Virginia Tech has one of the best entrances in college football, and it's not up for debate. Best entrances in college football. Enter Sandman is number one. Um, this isn't a homer pick because you guys know what I how I feel about Clemson. The the running down the hill, touching Howard's Rock, the buses around the stadium on the security cameras. That one's awesome. Uh, so I'm I'm partial to that. That would be in my top five. So obviously, Enter Sandman, Clemson touching the rock would be in my top five. Um, what else? Run, Ralphie, run. The the live Buffalo leading Colorado on the field. I know they stink, but that rules, in my opinion. The, the run, Ralphie, run is just awesome. So that's three that I would have in my top five. The running through the tee that Tennessee does is pretty cool. That, that's an iconic thing. I like to make fun of Tennessee, but they do a lot, a lot right, and that's one. So that would be four. Um, what's another great one? Um, Space Odyssey at South Carolina is pretty good with the towels and uh, cocky shaking the cage and and all that. That's a pretty good one. Let's see. That's, that's a pretty good top five. O- Ohio State's pregame band is the the coolest. Thing. I, I've I've probably been to in the thirties uh, college football stadiums. I think it's in the 30s. If I if I sat down and wrote it down, it's somewhere in the 30s. Ohio State's band pregame is the best thing I've ever seen in, in college football. They are incredible. The script Ohio, all that's just awesome. The entrance kind of stings, but the band is un they're worth the price of admission at Ohio State. Michigan's band is also quite good. Um I, Texas AM's band is good, but it's the the it's like military style, and I don't it felt different to me. They're good. Don't get me wrong. Impressive. But um, the Big Ten has got bands, guys. That That's where the good bands are in college football. It's in the Big Ten. Better than what we have here in the SEC. Sid says, listening to me watching the game. I appreciate that. Glad you're uh, glad you're with me. Said, which game are you watching, though? Are you watching uh, the NFL or are you watching the college game? Do I think Lane is going to air it out a little versus Tulsa? Um it depends. I would expect them to go into this game preparing Jackson Dart for Kentucky in a way. And now I'm not saying they're like taking Tulsa lightly or anything, but they're not going to be able to just line up and just freely run the football for 400 yards against Kentucky with little resistance like they did last week with Georgia Tech. I think they're going to have success on the ground against virtually anybody that they're playing this year, but success is a relative term. Success versus Georgia Tech is not the same thing as success against Kentucky. I do expect next week for Kentucky to be able to stack the box and slow the running game down more than they've seen so far this year. 
Jackson Dart's going to have to be vertical next week. He's going to have to throw the football consistently if Ole Miss is going to beat Kentucky next week. Spoiler, there's your two questions. I'm not going to do them tonight because it's Bowling Green and Tulsa. Uh, but he's going to have to do that next week because I think Kentucky's going to stack the box and they'll be able to slow Ole Miss down. Not stop them, but slow them down. So Dart's going to have to be effective to open things up a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they purposefully throw more than they would have to in this game to get him quality reps, to get him ready, more comfortable, just more reps for, for next week. Chase says, not no sports-related talking point. Today's my triplet's third birthday. Wow! They haven't picked a college fandom yet, but thinking of steering them in the direction of winners. Uh, the Saints, there's your first one. But you grew up in your, your fandom misery. Make them go through the same thing. Three-year-old triplets. I've got one almost three-year-old, and that is stressful. You guys are you you and your wife, I assume wife, are superheroes for that. That is that's crazy how you guys can keep your sanity while doing that. That's impressive. That really is. You don't know if you want this life for them. <laughs> well, pick the Saints, man. I don't know if you want that life for them either. Um Apple, make them be App State fans. They've been winning my entire life. They won't be disappointed there. EGO1 says, I didn't realize Tulsa has the number one passing offense in the country. They do. Number one passing offense in America. Now, it's skewed a little bit with who they play, but they will. They do throw the football. Quarterback's a good little player. Um, so here's what we can learn for, uh, for Ole Miss in this game. Because, again, they're... Three touchdown favorites. They're heavy favorites. I called it on the radio show. I shared the clip on our social channel, so you may have heard me actually have this take before. If I'm being repetitive, please forgive me. But this is a a culture game. And what I mean by that is, look, obviously things are really good right now. You've got a good coach. They're recruiting well. Things are exciting and fun. But Lane Kiffin is made reference to that word a lot lately, talking about building a culture. Very Nick Saban in the way he's talked about process and culture and and that kind of thing, where players can be interchangeable, but the standard remains the the same. That That is why Nick Saban is so successful. Yes, he gets some of the best players in the country, but there's a reason that he takes those best players and looks like that, and Texas A&M recruits great players, and they look like they do. It's about fitting the players into a culture and that being a standard in which they have to abide by or else see ya. Um, So if you're establishing that at Ole Miss, if you think that that is the, the next step here, then this is a very, I'm very interested in how they look in this game. Because this is a classic overhead spot, for, or, or excuse me, overlook, classic overlook spot. For Ole Miss, it would be very easy to look right past Tulsa into the top 10 team that's coming to your place next week. They'll be somewhere around number eight, number seven, depending on if things happen in front of them this weekend, coming into your place. Classic look-ahead spot. And if they don't play well and they and they do look ahead, that doesn't necessarily mean there's bad culture. That's not what I'm saying. Arkansas, for example, you guys know, we're down two scores in the second half to Missouri State. 
I think Sam Pittman is building just fine there. But if Ole Miss shows up and they play well and they win this game in a similar fashion that they've won the first three, just dominating really from start to finish with the exception of the second half against Troy, if they are workmanlike and they take care of business with ease like they should in an opponent like this, then it tells you a lot about that that C word, culture, because it could be very easy to overlook this team and kind of play crappy football and just kind of win, but it's not pretty because you're looking ahead to next week. If they look sharp, then it says a lot about where the program is headed. And if they don't, it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it reflects poorly, but I think you guys get my point. Did I know that the only two teams in America that run the 3-2-6 are the two in Oxford this weekend? Tulsa runs a 3-2-6. God bless him against that running game. Good Lord. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a little harsh, but boy, they better put more than six guys in the box if they want to if they want to have success. Because ugh. Zach says this Steelers offense sucks. Yeah, is bye week when Kenny Pickett's going to get his chance? Also, tomorrow I need you to ask, hey, Dad, when he thinks Kareem Walker will see the field. Um, I will ask him. I uh, I will. Uh, the thing we can learn in Mississippi State, or, or from Mississippi State this weekend, is, um, well, I don't know if we can learn it at all, actually. I, I sense a lot of frustration from State fans about how the wide receiver position has been handled. And... I don't think you're going to see anything different this weekend than what you've seen in the past. Now, obviously, you are looking for them to come out like they did the first two weeks and maybe clean it up. No drops. That would be something to watch for. Bowling Green is crazy overmatched in this game. Statistically, one of the worst secondaries in college football, and we know that because they are right around Arkansas. Uh, In terms of pass defense, they are horrid at it just terrible at pass defense. It's going to be an ugly football game. So you want to look at things like drops, no miscues on special teams, untimely penalties, things like that. Uh, Otherwise, there's not much to be learned here. But I am really sensing that frustration from fans about how the wide receiver position is being handled. Uh, Not having Griffin and Thomas on, on the field at the same time is... It's how it's going to be. And, you know, Mike Leach was asked about it in his press conference, and his answer is the same as always. They fit receivers into a position mold so they know that position, and that's all they have to worry about, and they don't interchange anybody. And I understand the logic behind that. And obviously, Mike Leach knows about football and scheme and offense and everything that I could ever dream of ever knowing in my life, clearly. But my job is also to question these guys, and they're not perfect. That philosophy works on toddlers. My son, who is drifting off to sleep, poor guy, Um, he had a big day. But that works on toddlers, where you give them one task. I I give James one task, and he can do it. he's, He's a smart little guy. But if I threw a bunch of stuff at him, he wouldn't be able to process it because he'll be three next month. 
But these are 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old guys. They can legally vote. They drive cars. They are able to brush their teeth in the morning and get dressed, and they have girlfriends. And it's like that they are capable of learning more than one position in an offense that fits on a napkin. I, I, I don't understand why the, the stubbornness exists there. Why on earth are you not doing everything you possibly can to get your two most explosive players not only on the field at the same time, but forcing the football? Forcing the football to these two guys. And so you watch Mississippi State conduct offense. And you see Tulu and Rara not get touches. And then you watch other teams where they have an explosive playmaker that they will put anywhere on the field. They'll line him up outside. They'll line him up in the slot. They'll line him up at H-back. They'll line him up at running back. They will put him anywhere on the field to get him the ball. And if a team's got two, they'll do it with both of them. I, I, I feel that, and, and I think it's crazy. We are talking about adults here, legal adults. You're telling me that they really, it would be detrimental to teach them how to play multiple positions in the air raid offense? Is it really that difficult to learn that? It's crazy that that is still a, a mindset within that system. And uh, we've gotten a bunch of text about it on the show this week. And, and I'm, you know, I didn't really think about it because y- you look at it and, and offensively they've been so successful for so long. But man, when you've got playmakers like this, get them the ball, however you can get them the ball, especially when you watch other places do just that. And you are stuck with your second most explosive player as a backup because you refuse to put him in a different slot in your offense. It's crazy. It's crazy. And that, frankly, I I find that explanation not adequate. It doesn't make sense. Unless you're calling your players morons, your offense isn't that difficult to, to understand. They bragged three years ago about how they learned it all in spring practice. Well, then it's really not that hard. Anyway. Also, when I messaged you about uniforms, you say for Ole Miss, I totally forgot they wore the white, powder blue, white in the bowl game. Yeah, that was uh, that was that uh, Sugar Bowl look. It's a good look. It's a good look. Corey's still on that 11-1. and one. Harvey will be listening. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I, I don't know what game I'm going to do it on, but I'm going to do something. And we'll see if, if people like it. The Browns just took the lead, by the way. Cleveland didn't have to trade for Deshaun Watson after all. I wish Jump Around was an entrance song. Yeah, that's one of the cool things in college football, too. Can you believe uh, how big of a favorite Ohio State is? I I know Ohio State's really good, NFL players, all that. It's a machine. But Wisconsin's almost a three-touchdown underdog at Ohio State this weekend. Almost a three-touchdown underdog Wisconsin is at Ohio State this weekend. And what's crazy is I kind of like Ohio State in that, too. I could imagine an Egg Bowl stream where Bork is just trying to stay neutral and Haydad is just going full hate on Ole Miss. Yeah, I saw people on, on Twitter were going back and forth about me today. My, my burner account and somebody that works in radio here locally, um, 
we're saying that the listeners are going to grow weary about how I approach that. That's fine. Um, I don't think it's good for business to on a 12 station statewide network hate on 50% of sports fans in this state every day. I think that's bad for business. I think it's bad for my family. That's not how I want to be. That's this, that's, childish and beneath me it should be beneath everybody i, I don't know i so if if that act is going to wear thin on listeners then i guess my days are numbered but that's that's not inauthentic that's how i want to be um so if that wears thin it wears thin and maybe you guys will tune me out eventually but numbers say otherwise right now in terms of what we're doing on the show so Maybe one day that'll change. Zach likes the running through the T. Yeah, I, it is really cool. The Vault Navy is also really cool as well. I um, long time ago I got a chance to go tailgate or boat gate or whatever with the the Vault Navy, and that was really that was a lot of fun. That was a, a cool deal there for sure. Noah likes Ole Miss's Lock the Vault, Ohio State's ramp entrance. Yeah, the, I'm telling you, man, the band is on. They are unbelievable. You've got to see it in person. Cameras and stuff don't do it justice. It, they are they are special. Yeah, the the locked vault thing looked way better when the students were on the other side. Bo's asking if I think Ole Miss has underutilized Triggs so far, and do I think his usage will increase? It will. They, they are a lot of the wide receivers are are underutilized, if you will, right now because they haven't really thrown the football all that much. If you think about it, you know. I mean, Dart threw 16 passes against Georgia Tech. So, so it's hard to, to truly utilize all of your weapons when that's the case. I do expect there to be more offensive balance uh, when SEC play begins, starting with Kentucky. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a huge game against Kentucky because, like I said before, Kentucky's going to load the box. They're going to force Jackson Dart to beat them with his arm. Uh, you're going to get situations where, whether it's play action or whatever, where linebackers are going to be playing downhill or safeties are going to be playing downhill, and it's a play action or whatever, and Trigg slips out underneath or, or, or over the middle, and they'll hit him for big plays. They're they're going to use him in the way that you expected them to use him. Just not yet, but they're they're going to. They just haven't had to. That's kind of been the issue. Do I think this game could have some vanilla boring look to it like Liberty and Vanderbilt last year? To some degree, yes. Uh, to some degree, I, I do think that the, the running game is honestly better. And they do want to get Dart some reps. So are they going to show anything special on Saturday? No, they're not going to show anything special. But um, I do think they'll sling it around a little bit just to get him the necessary reps for the next week. I could be wrong, but I think they're going to do that. I do agree. I think State will win and cover this weekend. I do. I think that uh, you know you might get a little a little anger. They, they might be, uh, although it's at eleven o'clock. That's the only thing. It, it'll be kind of a sleepy environment, which is I understand. Bowling Green at eleven o'clock is not a game that I'm going to fan shame over. Uh, give me a break. But um, a sleepy environment, maybe. But I, I would hope um, that they come out kind of motivated after playing so poorly last week. What if Will Rogers has five interceptions with three or four of them coming off of dropped or tipped passes and it's a 17-10 lead going into the fourth? 
I will hand you my car if that happens. I will literally give you my car if they're only up seven going into the fourth. If this game is close, Chase says it's not hyperbolic to be thinking State won't even make it to a bowl eligibility. They still got Alabama and, and Georgia left. I mean, it's Texas A&M next weekend. Next week is critical, critical for for Mike Leach. I'm not. It's not a must win, but gosh, they've got to play better. They've got to play better. And, and I mean, you, you've seen what a DJ Durkin coach defense can do in Starkville, right? You saw it last year. Now they've got he's got better talent. I'm telling you, Texas A&M. I, I'm the leader of the Texas A&M eight or Texas eight and four fan club. I mean the graphic and everything, but they are only half bad. They're bad at quarterback. Offensive philosophy is dated, uh, and predictable and slow. But they are nasty on the other side of the football. It's a critical game for Mike Leach next weekend. They have got to come out and look good and play well. With all the dramatic talk about some state fans wanting Leach out outside of Harson, what coaches in the SEC do you see with the warmest of seats? Drinkwitz. We talked about this on Tuesday. I don't think Mike Leach's seat is hot the way a corner of the internet thinks that uh, that it is. I also have learned that there is a, another corner of the internet that thinks Mike Leach is going to retire. Let me tell you what is not going to happen. Mike Leach walking away from $16.5 million. I, I'll go ahead and tell you that right now. He will not retire. I, I don't know who has to hear that, but I know there's a corner of the internet that thinks that Mike Leach is going to retire. No, he's not. Because Mike Leach is a human being, right? At least we think so. Human beings don't walk away from $16.5 million. Mike Leach won't walk away from $16.5 million. You're going to have to fire him. If you want him gone after this year, you're going to have to fire him. Unless he is like, unless there's a personal reason that he has to, like if he's physically ill. He ain't walking away from 16 and a half because he doesn't have it anymore or whatever. That's not happening. Chase says, I'm afraid we are seeing the first time in his career that he's genuinely facing a wall on how to tweak the Mike Leach air raid because there's been a clear answer in this conference. Time will tell how those adjustments play out or if we see more of the proverbial banging of the head style of offense when playing athletic defenses. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of no adapting. That that's that's what I fear for for Mike Leach and State is that they won't adapt. Now, remember that they did sign a dual threat quarterback, so maybe that's a sign of okay, this isn't sustainable. We need somebody that can create plays when plays aren't there to be made. Well, Rodgers can't do that. He, he's not a runner. Sawyer Robertson, I believe, is not a runner. You don't have one on your roster right now. So maybe in recruiting you can see an evolution coming. Maybe. Memphis Rebel, I don't know why they said that. I, I don't I don't quite understand. Um, yes, I, I did. I went to Ole Miss. I absolutely did. Them winning is awesome. 
but every team I cover winning is awesome because it means more of you watch and, and listen. And, and that's good for me. I, I Honestly, I care about, I care about my job more than I do allegiances. I do, but yes, like it, it's, it's a weird thing that I guess some people can't grasp. Like it, it's, of course, I, I mean, you guys remember what it was like when they made the, when Ole Miss made the run to the Omaha and, and won the national championship. Of course that was, that was awesome. But I still have aspirations that extend beyond. I don't know. I don't know why they said that. It, it was weird. And, and like, Anyway, anyway, I should I shouldn't care about what's said on Twitter, but like literally my name's on it, even though it's not me, it's somebody else. And then somebody that works in this business with a competitor, I guess you can call it a competitor. I don't I don't know. Um, just kind of openly talking about how my listeners are going to grow weary of me. I don't know. It's like, hey, I'm right here. <laughs> it's like when it's like when. uh like if you can speak Spanish, right? And and you go to a Mexican restaurant and the waiters are talking trash about you and they don't know you can speak Spanish. That's kind of what that was for me today. It's like, yeah, I see this. Don't you guys know that I, I see this? I hear you. I'm here. I have feelings too or something. Do I think the NCAA will ever add a flagrant one and a flagrant two distinctions to targeting? I hate seeing players get ejected for benign hits. I, I don't see it, but I'm with you. I, I think it's a joke. Like Troy Brown's getting ejected, getting kicked out of a game, and if it would have been in the third quarter, suspended for that hit is a joke. It is a joke. Catching a rare Thursday night with you. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Um... You have yet to send me, by the way, uh, any music, or, or have you? Send me, send me some of your stuff. I, I want to listen to it and support it. So whatever you got, send it to me. I, I want to see it, and uh, I'll share it and stuff. Like Bass Drum of Death, those guys are awesome. Um, Mississippi band that like did a European tour this summer or something crazy, but they've got new music out. Um, it's just good stuff, and. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll support local music, man. I, I miss going to concerts. I haven't been, aside from Dave Matthews, I haven't been to a, just like a show in a long time. Like in a small venue with like 50 people or so in like this local band. I haven't I haven't done something like that in so long, and I used to love doing that. It's just, you know, COVID happened, and then I had a kid and stuff like that. But send me your stuff. I, I want to support it. I, I'm I'm a big music guy, and I don't get to see it enough. So, don't just comment here. I want to help you if I can help you. If I could rank the three SEC matchups this week on watchability, Tennessee, Florida, Missouri, Auburn, A&M, Arkansas. A&M, Arkansas, one. Tennessee, Florida, two. Missouri, Auburn, three. Missouri, Auburn's going to be a bad game. But there's like, there, there's something to it, you know, because of the Harson deal. And now Calzada's getting surgery and... Apparently, he was talking to the media tonight about how he wishes that injuries that, that could be kept private. And it's like, I understand that. But but also, um, like, 
people go to the games and they're on television, if Zach Calzada wasn't going to play this weekend, you can't keep that private because Saturday's going to be here in 48 hours and and he's not going to be there. I don't know. It's a weird thing that coaches care about. The, the coaches getting mad about injuries is so bizarre to me. I don't understand what the point is. You think, oh, they got to prepare for two quarterbacks. Like, like they're not going to be prepared for two quarterbacks regardless of what you say. You really think that if you'd have said, or if you'd have kept the Calzada thing under wraps this week, that Missouri would not have been prepared to see Ashford as well? You really think that they, with five days to work with, would not have prepared for him as well? It's a, it's a bizarre thing to me. I don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense to me. The games are on television. 80,000 people are going to be there in your stadium. Zach Calzada's injury would not have been able to be kept private because we wouldn't have seen him play, but whatever. Chase is in the fire. Leach crowd are morons. That job is an absolutely horrific sell if Leach gets fired after a 7-5 and five and lost all this. Absolutely. And here, the thing is, they, they still have a bunch of winnable games left. A&M's a challenge. It is with their defense, but they can't score on anybody. And that's been a bright spot for State this year. Arkansas has one of the worst secondaries statistically in all of college football at any level. That's a winnable game, too. So there's chances here still. Getting Bama and Georgia just sucks. It just does. You're basically guaranteed three losses. But there are chances here for, for them to go win football games. There are. Arkansas and AM are both at home. There's a chance for them to get right and get right soon. So it's this season's not even over yet. But still, this was going to be a slow burn. It always was going to be. Got to get that education somewhere. Yeah, and I'm, I'm extremely proud of where I got mine. I hope that 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 does that doesn't come off as like I'm not like I'm dissatisfied of where I went. That's not the case at all. There there are there's one person that that doesn't do media in this state that that went to Ole Miss that clearly is very unproud of where they went to school, and I think that's lame. That is not if I come across like that. I hope that is not the case. I am very thankful, thankful for. Uh, for those four years in college, man, I, I absolutely loved every second of, of where I went to school. When I moved here, I stayed here. Um, loved this place. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have changed any decision I've made for anything. Not one decision I've made in my life like this. I, I would not change a thing. Nothing. So I hope it doesn't come across like that because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that guy. There is that guy out there. I'm not that guy. That'd be two coaches in five years at, at a low-tier SEC, both winning records, neither missing a bowl. Horrific sell. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You and I are on the exact same page um, on that. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if during the dual threats freshman year with State, Will struggles with sacks and they go give another guy a chance. That's the thing about Mike Leach. That's Mike, Mike Leach does not care at all about superiority or whatever with quarterbacks. He he is historically 
he'll he'll start multiple guys throughout a season if if he thinks that that's what he needs to do. There, there's not he doesn't care like that. And so so if this kid comes in and, and he can play, it doesn't matter that Will Rogers has been the starter for what will feel like twelve years. It won't matter. And, and that's why when people are calling for change at quarterback, you're you're talking about Mike Leach, a guy that absolutely would make that change if the next guy could do any better. If there was any thought in Mike Leach's mind, hey, Sawyer Robertson could do better than this, he'd be playing. He would. Mike Leach is not afraid to screw with quarterbacks like that. His history tells you that he is not afraid of that at uh, at all. Appreciate you, Jeff. Glad uh, Glad you're with me, my friend. Coastal Carolina looking good. Doesn't surprise me at all. Jamie Chadwell is a guy that um, we talked about on Tuesday. He's the best. His offense is so much fun. I think Big Daddy Weave will sing at a concert on the river in Savannah, Tennessee in a couple of weeks. I've never heard of... Are you trolling me right now? Oh, that's a... I'll have to listen to them. I've never heard of that uh, of them before. I'll have to check that out. I'm always up for for trying new music. Calzada is leaving. You think? Would I hop on Neil and Chase's podcast if they invited me? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. They do good work. They do really good work. Corey says, hey, Mike, do you think Kiffin is going to keep up the starting quarterback ruse until Kentucky? Yeah, maybe forever. Uh, but, I mean, we all know, right? We know what the deal is. Everybody knows what the deal is. The players know what's going on. Kentucky knows what's going on. If he wants to keep this up, then then whatever. But we all know the deal. Everybody knows the deal. Yes, Gary, Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart's going to play quarterback at Ole Miss uh, unless his production drops off dramatically or he gets hurt. How about that? You have a degree from two of the major colleges in this state, neither is Mississippi State. Are you a Southern Miss fan now? Hey, they're coming to your place next year. I remember when Will Hall talked about playing Ole Miss again, and we did that segment on the show. Southern Miss fans did not like me after that. I love them still. I do. I really like Hattiesburg. I've enjoyed the little time I've spent there. I really want Southern Miss to do well. I think they've got a lot of good things going for them. But... They they don't like me right now. Not the people that actually work there. They couldn't care less uh, about me, nor should they. But, yeah, back in the middle of August when there was nothing going on and football wasn't here yet and Will Hall just gave us a radio gold mine with the we want to play Ole Miss thing and that conversation just took on three hours of its own life when there was nothing else going on. That was That was good stuff. They didn't like it, though. 
He did not like it, though. William says, uh, William, what's up, man? Hope you're uh, trying to enjoy the game. Saw you guys just took the lead a little while ago. Watching the Steelers suck again, my thoughts. If you don't want to start the rookie quarterback, Mason has played better than Mitch, your opinion. Go ahead and start, Pickett. That, that's what I would do. I would start him. If you got to wait until the bye week, wait until the bye week. That's fine, but go ahead and play him. If he's swimming, he's swimming. It's the reason you picked him in the first round, though. Can I? Can we get some final score predictions? All right, okay. Uh, so Mississippi State's got to cover 30, right? I think they will. Uh, 42-10 Mississippi State. Ole Miss has to cover 20, right? Um, 38-7. Uh, I'll give Tulsa another. 38-10. 38-10 Ole Miss Tulsa. Two, dom- two really boring, dominating games. We're going to talk Saturday night. We're going to talk about other stuff most of the night unless something just stupid happens but no it it won't be focused on those two at least it shouldn't they are a gospel christian contemporary band though if that's a negative it's not a negative uh my wife will like that more uh more than i will but it's not like i'm certainly not against that uh at all uh but that's that's the kind of stuff that she would really enjoy what do I think about Ole Miss Baseball's number two recruiting class? Are there any particular players I'm excited about? I'm going to be honest with you, Bo. I have not thought about baseball since like 10 days after the championship. That's something that I will look into, though. I'm just all on football mode right now. I, uh, I'm i sorry about that. I'm just being honest with you, though. I have no idea what I think other than if the recruiting cert. It doesn't surprise me, though. I mean, Mike Bianco's a good recruiter. Talent acquisition has never been a problem for him. Wow, Chase, that's a hot one. He says, I will go down with the ship. The best college town in the state is neither Oxford nor Starkville. I disagree with you. Uh, He says, Hattiesburg over both and an absolute whitewash. As soon as my wife lets me move us back, my tires will burn the blacktop of 45 and 59 away from Columbus. How about that? It's a good place to live, man. And there's there's stuff to do there too. Like it, it's a sneaky, like sneaky good food town. You got a zoo. You can jet on down to the coast real quick. There are definitely worse places to live than that one. That's for sure. Yeah, this is a teaser. This I, I'm so glad we're putting this behind us after this week. I mean, state's got uh, East Tennessee State. The week before the Egg Bowl. How's that for a break, by the way? So so State gets to play ETSU before the Egg Bowl. Ole Miss is in Fayetteville the week before the Egg Bowl. How's that for a difference? Um, rather significant, wouldn't you say? But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're done with this after this week. It's uh, not that I'm complaining or anything, but it's we've kind of had to manufacture some talking points this week. I think we've done a good job. Today's, today's show was fun. I thought anyway, random, just random today, but um, this is going to be over soon. And for that, I'm thankful because it's time to start seeing what Ole Miss is all about. And you guys know, by the way, Martin Emerson playing a lot for Cleveland tonight. 
playing a lot. Does Kiffin scheme up new plays versus Durkin in Texas A&M? Absolutely. Yeah, he will. Um, Dirk, Durkin's going to see very little of what he knows about Ole Miss. Very, very little. What do I think about the LSU news? That is not the big one. I, I'm, I'm sure you knew that already. Uh, but if you didn't, that is not the Will Wade uh, hospital charity funneling money to football players thing. That is not that. That's a different case that still has yet to be resolved. And what a joke it is. I mean, we're not going to get a resolution. I say we. They're not going to get a resolution on that until um, next year. So that would be six years. Six years. Um, since Will Wade was caught on the wiretap. What a joke that is. Enjoy the show, Steve. Yeah, our 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 radio show's Wikipedia page says my first name is Steve. Steve Borky. And I think I got an entire college degree based on that website. I mean, Steve, where does that even come from? And they didn't call us they didn't call us hosts. Uh they called us presenters. That's what it says. Can you? Uh, you can't read that, can you? There. You, this camera sucks. That, that's a horrible camera. I bought it on Amazon for like ten dollars. That's all I could afford at the time. Um, yeah, we're, we're presenters, and my name is Steve. I mean, what the hell? But anyway, uh, please subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be back Saturday night, nine thirty, roughly, uh, somewhere in there. I know the games that that we care about suck, but um, we'll still talk a lot of football. So see you guys then, 9.30, Saturday night. I'll uh, see you all then. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your football. You've got second half coming for West Virginia uh, and Virginia Tech and uh, NFL games about to go to half two. Which sport gets the hammer, basketball or football? Basketball more than football. Basketball more than football. Yeah, Chase, we're getting a little bit of growth. A little bit. It's coming. It's coming. A little bit. I need to put more time into this. I just don't have the time to do it yet. I'm talking like, you know, thumbnails and, and those kind of things. More production value. That that could help, I suppose. But thanks, guys. I'll uh, I'll see you Saturday night. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.